Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 149 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Got my raspy voice on today. So we both had bad colds last week. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like we lived- I know, like from across the country, we got sick. It's like our sickness is our time together. <laughs> I know. And so cycling together. <laughs> we couldn't record, although you had a busy week anyway. You were performing and that's all wrapped up, right? Yep. I was in um, a production of Hairspray which was awesome and fun. And I'm so glad it's over because <laughs> I want yes. my I want my my nights back. So yes, well, yeah. we're, we're back on track. We're mostly over our colds. And today we're taking listener questions, which is one of our favorite things to do. I mean, we're three years into this, you guys, and you keep sending us great questions. We love hearing from you. It kind of helps us, I don't know, tune into some of the things we might have forgotten about early motherhood yeah. and just normalizes all those things that everyone is feeling. That's actually yeah. my favorite part. I love it. And I also, it also gives us a chance to like cycle back to topics we've covered in the past, but yes. maybe has, it's been a while and it's, it's always nice to know like what people are thinking about and struggling with. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have three listener questions today. Um, and just as a reminder, if you want to send us a question, you can record your voice using SpeakPipe or just your phone and send it to hello at themomhour.com. We really try to get to most questions in some way. Sometimes we get a lot of similar ones and combine them into one. Um, but we almost never really just ignore a listener question. They're all no. good. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, they're great. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, 
Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code MomHour. All right. Okay, so we're going to take our first listener question, and it comes from Madison, and we will play it now. Hi, Megan and Sarah. My name is Madison. I'm a stay-at-home mom to two boys, two, ages two and two months, and I have a question about playgroups and toddlers. Um, first of all, I'm wondering how to start one, how to go about that, how to find moms and kids that I will get along with and that my son will get along with. And then once we start it, how to deal with things like hitting, pushing, sharing toys, all those fun things that go along with toddlers and learning to make friends. Um, I think my older son could really benefit from something like this, but I'm also a little nervous about how it will all play out. So any advice or ideas you have would be very, very appreciated. Um, So I hope to hear from you guys. Thank you and keep up the good work. Okay. Um, I love this question because I actually had a really good experience forming a playgroup when my babies were little, but I know that doesn't happen for everyone. And Megan, I know you can speak from your experiences because you mm-hmm. had a few different, you've talked about how you've kind of moved and had like different new motherhood experiences yeah. with mm-hmm. your different sets of kids. Um, so I guess Madison's first question is how to sort of find and start a play group. Um, I guess to be real brief, I would look for, look for the type of moms that you like, as opposed to worrying about what type of activities your two-year-old son might enjoy yes, because absolutely. I know we're it's always get about in- the mom yeah it's about <laughs> you point. we're gonna get into the second part of Madison's question which is a good one which is kind of how to handle those awkward times when like 
your kid pushes another kid down or vice versa. Right. But but I guess my point is, if you are surrounded by moms that you really like and everyone is kind of on the same page in the parenting sphere and just supportive of each other, then when those things happen and they will, it just won't feel as awkward and dire because you are really comfortable with the moms. Does that make sense? So I would. Yeah, I would start with the moms. Um, yeah. I know like mothers of preschoolers, which is mops. I know a lot of people have success um, like going to those programs and then maybe developing a spinoff group of your own. I um, I never did mops, but I, I know what's good about it is you can keep going when you have multiple kids and your kids get a little bit older and there's some childcare involved um, in that. So I think that's a really good one. I met the moms in my play group through like a brand new mom group. And I know, Madison, you're not a brand new mom anymore. Um, but it just took one of us saying like, hey, do you guys want to get together once a week outside of this class, which was really good because the class was fine, but it was really more about we wanted to just talk and talk and talk. Um, and that's how it came together. And then we all had second babies and third babies. And um, I think it just took one or two of us saying like, yeah, I want to make time for this in my week. And we had a day of the week, um, but it was just us. It wasn't any formal organization, um, but it was really, really meaningful. Yeah, um, that's all great advice. I know for things that probably changed since I was in, along these lines as far as how. In my day, I remember there being email, um, and, like email lists mm -hmm. and meetups. And I'm sure now people are like meetup.com meetups. Um, yep. I think people now use Facebook for that kind of thing. Always go where the moms are. They're at the pediatrician's office. They're at, yep. you know, mom and baby yoga or just yoga. They're like, you kind of can start to figure out where your people are. Um, I love the idea of keeping it small. I think that as play groups get bigger, you start to kind of lose, I don't want to say lose control, but you, you start to kind of lose the ability to keep it, um, to really like to strike that balance between being very attentive, but also hands off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The more people you add to the mix, the harder, sometimes like the personalities are different or yeah. the, um, and it's not even about parenting styles. I mean, you can have wildly differently, different parenting style from someone else and still cohabitate well in a play group. Yeah if it's just like you all like each other and respect each other. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And um, I've been in some nightmarish playgroups, I have to say, where it was either too, hey, like too much scripted play right. or like it was just, uh, just absolute chaos because nobody was paying attention to the kids at all. So for me, it like really has to strike that balance in between. And then I think that you kind of, those things like biting and hitting and they will happen. I think as long as they're dealt with quickly without, anyone feeling bad that's like a, the yeah. biggest thing for me I guess like you don't ever want to feel bad because your toddler is a toddler right and, yeah <laughs> and you don't want to feel bad because maybe you helped to direct someone else's kid and they took it they took offense at it or I think what what it helps to remember is like no first-time mom of a two-year-old knows what the heck to do when right. there's a playground altercation sometimes we feel like everyone else has read all the parenting books and right. has their discipline style like you know, signed, sealed and delivered. And you're the only one who really doesn't know how to handle it when your kid pushes or is pushed or is super shy or doesn't want to go. Like right. nobody knows how to handle that. And you're all in the same boat. And I think if you can find a play group where that's sort of acknowledged and, you know, just like, like you said, Megan, like, I don't think anyone wants their kid to be harshly corrected by another mom, but yet no one wants to see moms just sit idly by and anywhere in the middle, if it's handled with kind of grace and humility, I think is just fine. Yep. Um, I'd, I'm not a big fan of forcing two-year-olds to apologize to each other. That's one, that's one thing that always kind of like 
made me feel uncomfortable. And some moms mm-hmm. feel really strongly about that. But I always like just was so cringy when someone would like march their toddler over to my kid and demand <laughs> that they apologize. Right. Like two year olds don't feel sorry. They don't even remember what they did. So I guess if I have a specific thing, that's not my I'm not a big fan of that. I think, yeah. you know, modeling kind behavior, knowing when your kid needs a break from the playgroup. I mean, kids act out when they're overwhelmed two-year-olds do not know how to be social that's why a playgroup is great but you cannot expect them to act like older than two-year-olds at a playgroup and so if it's time to go home and take a break or go home and take a nap or find something else to do it's not that you failed playgroup it's that your kid that day was not up for socializing and that's totally normal well let me let me circle back though sarah um you know the thing about like Another parent marching their two-year-old over and demanding they say sorry, which often is just them not knowing what to do. Yeah, I think totally. Um, and that's <laughs> going to happen. Like stuff is going to happen that you don't agree with, no matter what. Oh yeah. Even if everyone you're with is is fantastic. So, like, what was your personal approach? Would you say, "Oh, that's okay. Like, I don't expect an apology, or we do things differently," or did you just no. kind of like let it roll? I would just be like, and... "Oh, thank you." Yeah, um, exactly. If, if it was my kid, I tended to do the apology myself because I feel genuinely sorry that my kid punched you in the face. And so I right. can model a sincere apology, but I never make my kids apologize. So, no, I, I wouldn't make a big deal of it. I would just say, oh, thank you. If, if it went on and on, I might say, right. like, you know, it's it's OK. We don't we really don't need an apology. This happens, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think um, I was going to say something else about finding moms. So, oh, a couple other I'm circling back now to the beginning of the question. but. If you have like a good connection with one mom, um, that can be an easy in into something that's already going on. I know like it's hard to show up at some big organized group and feel like you're the only one who doesn't know anyone. Um, but it might be a way to meet one person. And that happened to me before. And maybe like so um, Stroller Strides is an example. It's now called Fit for Mom and it's like stroller fitness and they have them in cities all over. And I always hear amazing things about both the workouts and then also the community. It's a really great organization they're franchise owned I never I never really wanted the workout and I went like twice (laughs) I didn't um I went like twice and I met one friend and then that friend led me to something else that was actually a better fit for what I really wanted um so it never hurts to try to go to those like larger more organized things whether it's a class like a music class or a stroller strides or you know something and and it may not be the thing where you find your tribe. And we actually talked about mom tribes recently, but it might be the in. So, right. Would, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I feel like Madison, hopefully that helped. I think um, if, if there's one final thought, I think it's really great that Madison sees the benefit both for her two year old and for herself of trying to have a play group. And I think yeah. if you keep an open mind and not, you know, not hold on to some ideal of what a play group's supposed to look like, right. but just like we talked about in our mom tribes episode, like, those needs will be filled in different ways and it might be kind of cobbled together. It might not look perfect, but I love that she's trying. I do too. That's great. Awesome. Okay. So next question comes from our friend and fellow podcaster, Sarah Bagley. So I will play it now. Hi, Megan and Sarah. It's Sarah Bagley, fellow podcaster and friend. And I wanted to send you a message because I love your episode on the five habits I guess there's 10 actually, of happy moms. So the one that really resonated with me was accepting, loving, you know, the children you have, not the children you wish you had or the child you were. Here's my question. Now that I have kids in school, I am finding that that's a struggle because the school system wants them to be one way, 
but your child is another. So sometimes this is okay if you have a teacher who really gets your kid, and it's not good when you have a teacher who doesn't get your kid. So how do you deal with that tension? Well, thank you, Sarah. Great question and something I know that I've dealt with um, to varying degrees. Sarah, I'm not sure if you have or not, but um, I would say I've had, you know, I have five kids and they have very wildly differing personalities. And at some point there's always going to be a, a time when your kid's personality just isn't a great fit for the teacher's personality. I mean, I think that's almost inevitable. And some teachers are better than others at not making it obvious, I right. guess, to be very diplomatic. Um, so that's been a thing. There's been a, a, a source of tension with a few of my kids, but it only really got really bad once. And I think it was more that the teacher wasn't really proactive or just didn't know what to do about it. It wasn't mm -hmm. really the personality difference because everybody, I mean, I have some of my kids I have tension with, like, sure. but it was more that like we had many meetings and she just didn't seem to get it. I think that was the biggest problem. Yeah, that and, is really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's been really, really rare for me. So when it got, gets to that point, I think, you know, if like kind of do your due diligence, make sure you go in for your conference, make sure you are, get really clear about what the problem is. Mm -hmm. The problem isn't uh, the homework log didn't get filled out. The problem isn't the test score is not good. There's something, you know what I mean? Like what actually is the root of the problem right. so that you're talking about the right things. And in my case, it was that um, Clara has significant anxiety, which this teacher was triggering like all the time. Yeah. So like that was a real problem, but it was something I could very specifically point to. And so we ended up having uh, meetings with, the teacher and the school social worker. And I think at some point we just kind of realized like it was pretty late in the year to make a change that wasn't necessarily going to make anything better. But I, but the social worker and I were on the same page that like this had, this situation had to be salvaged in a way. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of stepped in and made that happen without us actually having to like take Claire out of that classroom, which I don't know if I'd do it that way again, looking back. Um, mm -hmm. But that's how we chose to handle it. And it's so touchy because yeah. you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to be that wanna, parent. Yeah. And you don't want to disrupt your kid's year any more than it already has, especially right. if things aren't going well. It, it feels risky to then make another change. Yeah. 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 But but I was able to get some intervention in a different way and kind of like circumvented the teacher figuring it out. Right. Um, which was frustrating. But in the end, you know, the, the year ended well. Clara got the teacher she wanted the following year. You know, like they, yeah. they kind of didn't make good on yeah. it. I feel like the school did. So no, that's that's awesome. So. Okay, so I love that Sarah brought, like um, put this question in the context of our our episode about the habits of happy moms, which you guys should totally mm -hmm. go listen to if you missed it. It was a really good two part series. Um, but I guess the way I heard it is, you know, Sarah has really come to embrace her child as who she is, not the kid that she hoped she'd be. And then it's disappointing when a teacher doesn't sort of also see your kid for who they are or yeah. accept them for who they are. And I guess I would make the argument that it doesn't matter as much. It, it, you matter so much more than that teacher to your kid. I mean, the parent child relationship, I think in this case, trumps that teacher relationship so much. Like if your kid feels loved and accepted at home, feels like they can be who they are, feels like you are advocating them and advocating for them and rooting for them and seeing the best parts of them teacher relationships are going to come and go and not every teacher is going to click with your kid. Um, so I guess I would say to Sarah, it's okay if the school system doesn't have that sort of unconditional 
love for your child that you do because <laughs> I I don't think it matters as much. Is yeah. that I don't that's not I don't mean that in a dismissive way at all. Hopefully it's sort of like a relief. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And and you know, that like I said was the most extreme case I've ever had right. of that happening. I guarantee you of the many, many teachers that my kids have had, many of them have not gotten my kid. Right. And I totally agree. Like for most of my kids, I didn't even notice. It's like right. a blip. Like right. they go to school, the teacher's nice to them, relatively nice to them, you know. Right. They hang with their friends, they do their work, they eat their lunch, they come home, and then they have all this time with you and all this background and foundation with you right. in your house. Yeah, no, I totally agree there. Like, it doesn't matter. It, if it gets to the point where it matters, I think it becomes kind of obvious. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And up to that point, kind of like, a, eh, it's all right. It's going to be all right. Maybe next year they'll get that, that teacher that draws them out. And like, do you even think your teachers got you when you were a kid? Um, late, I can remember some in junior high and high school who I think mm -hmm. did. But I know well, the ones for me who did stand out so much in my mind. Right. That it makes me think there were probably a lot who were just like, OK, yeah. And I, crowd. I think another thing to think about last week, we talked about kind of how we define academic success, which is maybe a little different than some people. But I, I, I know Sarah's kids are kind of at the beginning of their elementary school. I think her oldest is first grade, maybe um, first or second. And so it, it is sort of shocking when you enter the school system and you realize that the kid that you see as really multifaceted and talented in their own way may not be traditionally academically successful or yes. traditionally successful in the system. And I think hopefully that takes just a little while to like figure out how you feel about that. But I would just encourage anybody to you. It's still your kid that you think is amazing. That doesn't change the school system. Most school systems are limited. We know that like they're yeah. limited by anything from budget to, you know, like dated thinking to any number of things. I don't think there's any perfect school system out there. It doesn't mean you give up and homeschool if you don't want to, but maybe you want to and maybe you do. The The point here is, and I think I do have a point, it doesn't change the fact <laughs> that your kid is still the awesome kid you see them in that. Right. And, and the school is <clears throat> probably never going to totally see and support that. But I think that's okay. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and I think, you know, the school has certain parameters they have to work with Exactly. <laughs> and your kid may not fit those parameters that often, I think often frustrations or just lack of connection or lack of seeing what you see in your kid on the part of a teacher, administrator or whatever is more that it's like crowd control. Like they have to yes. make all those kids yep. fit a mold or a model yep. so that at the end, most of them come out with the knowledge they need. It really right. has nothing to do with your individual kid. Right. So that's like a really healthy approach, I think to try to help your kid be successful within that system while also not giving it more weight than it e needs to carry. Exactly. And, and I think for a lot of us, it, we worry about judgment on our own parenting, right? Like yeah. oh, if our yeah. kid works perfectly in the system, it makes us look really good. If they don't, then it, it starts to be sort of a vanity issue or an ego yes. issue for us. And that is not easy. I'm not saying you just throw that off, but it's, doing the hard work to remember that that's not a reflection of you. And most teachers I know really don't judge parents like for for either for their kid or for forgetting to always turn in the field trip form. Like you have to be a pretty like bad at school parenting <laughs> for the teacher to like be like, oh, you know that Megan Francis, she's right. really not on the ball. Like they, they have so much to worry about. They're not they're not individually judging you and your family if your kid isn't the perfect kid for their class. One thing I will say, and this is just more of a 
I don't even want to say word of warning because that makes it sound too ominous, but just something to consider. And we talked about this a little bit in our episode that we recently did about other adults in your kids' lives. Yeah. Sometimes they see things that you don't see. And I think the one thing I would change if I could go back, because I definitely had at least one kid in particular who I felt was seen in a like completely different way Mm -hmm. than by the school than I saw him. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of it was because they didn't get him. And some of it was because I didn't get them. Like, I didn't understand what they were trying to do. Okay. Um, and in some ways, I feel like I could have set them up for success better Okay. early on. Like, I just, there were, there were things about him not fitting the mold that maybe I could have helped him fit the mold a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that would have, um, maybe he'd still be the same person today, but maybe we could have just avoided some frustration is yeah. all I'm saying. So it's like yeah. a. Yeah, it's like being proactive, but not giving it too much weight is yes. the only, yeah, the yeah, only no. advice. And maybe they do see something that you don't, maybe they're seeing something in an executive functioning way or like something that you're just not seeing because you're every day, day to day with your child, but not trying to teach them a specific curriculum. Um, so it's worth, it's worth noting. Yeah. But then letting it go if it doesn't fit what you see or what yeah. you believe. Yeah. Agreed. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. 
Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Okay, so we are going to take one more listener question. And then at the end of the show, we're going to play something else that's fun. Will you tell everybody about that now so I don't forget at the end of the yes, show? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so, you know, um, I don't, maybe not everyone does know, but I am a co-host of a radio, radio morning show. Yes. And every now and then I'll have one of my kids come on. And on Clara's birthday, she came on the show and we did an episode about imaginary friends. And Clara's um, take on imaginary friends was so funny and so cute. Was, that we just decided we had to like include it. Yeah, in absolutely. So you'll <laughs> so hear funny. at the end of this show. And like you said, Megan, it's a segment from give your station a shout. Oh, yeah. Out OK, now. so Johnny and Megan mornings at 98.3 the coast um, here in southwest Michigan. And so, yeah, it was really fun. So Johnny starts the segment, starts asking me about my imaginary friends. I talked about the imaginary friends that I remembered having. And then it turns to Clara and she's just. She's sharp, man. Like, I think she's got a future in podcasting or radio, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. It was so cute. And it I was such it. a different perspective on like the whole having an imaginary friend thing than I would even have thought of. So, well, I've told you this offline, but my mom has had like a lifelong fascination with kids and imaginary friends. And so yeah. I sort of by osmosis do, too. And so I, it is it is truly like if you read up on it and stuff, it's amazing. It is like this whole it's a whole thing. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then to hear kids talk about it. It's so matter of fact, because it, it really is. It's something that, you know, how everyone has the same stress dreams. Like there's right. Uh, there's some it's there's a universal some lines. There's some universal things about imaginary friends that are otherworldly, because why do all kids experience them the same way? It's crazy. Um, right. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, OK, so I don't I, remember having a registry for mine, but <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have to listen through. We're going to do one more listener question now. And then I wanted to kind of tease that because that's super fun and it'll just play at the end of the show. Um, so our next our next and last question for this episode comes from Karen and we will play it now. Hi, Mom Hour. This is Karen Moldenhauer. I'm a mom to a wonderful sweet, cute little one-year-old named Oliver. Uh, he just turned one on March 10th. And um, I wanted to call in and just ask if you guys had any sage wisdom for, you know, coping with um, dealing with, you know, kind of not being able to accomplish as much as you did before you were a mom. Um, you know, maybe I think I'm still adjusting to being uh, in, in this position. My husband and I are both uh, full-time workers. We both work full-time outside the home. And we're just finding it hard to get anything like the basics of housework um, and cleaning or organizing or any sort of projects, any anything um, done right now. Um, I'm actually just running on a Starbucks run to get a chai latte just just to get out of the house and um, not start to go crazy about all the projects that and and stuff we have just kind of sitting around in disarray. So if you guys have any good advice um, for someone who's trying to um, cope with being a mom, you know, if, we, if there's some suggestions for multitasking or maybe even how to adjust expectations now that I'm in this position, that would be really great. Uh, thanks you both. Um, Sarah and Megan, you do a great job on the mom hour. I so Karen, um, none of us can keep up. <laughs> like, Amen. I don't think any of us are really keeping up. Do you feel like you're keeping up, Sarah? No, no, of I'm course really not. Really real behind right now. Um, so I guess I'll, 
I'll just throw out a few things. Like, yeah. This is one of those things where like I could give you so many platitudes and it maybe wouldn't be helpful, but maybe it would. So, you know, things like uh, w- there's always going to be more to do. You'll never catch up. Like if right. you go to bed at night and you've worked all day long and it lo- your house looks clean and you're on top of your deadlines and everything else and you go to bed, when you wake up in the morning, there will be more stuff to do. So yes. I think that's one. It's like a surrendering thing, like yeah. just knowing that that's the case, that you're you're really never going and maybe you weren't ahead before either, but it just felt more manageable. Like yeah. maybe you've always been on the edge or just a little bit like catching up. But now that you've got this other awesome responsibility, it just all feels so much more fraught. And so I just want to throw that out there um, to begin with. Um, I found that doing what I could do when I could do it and taking care of things that were in front of my face when I was able to and then allowing things to pile up if I had to, like kind of striking that balance was always really helpful mm-hmm. when I was in a super overwhelmed <laughs> phase. And by the way, that still happens now. My kids are old, but I've yeah. been really busy for like the last three weeks and I am looking, I'm in my bedroom and it is a pigsty. But I, I have enough experience. I know it's going to be clean again. Like I can yeah. see in my mind's eye what it's going to look like when it's yeah. clean. I know I'll get there, but it's not going to be today. Yep. It might oh my- not even be this week. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I have a couple of specific things too. one. Um, Karen and her husband are both working full time outside the home. Mm-hmm. I think the first year of any kind of a I, she didn't say if they have a nanny or daycare, but I think either way. But in, in particular, if you are going out of the house for childcare, the first year with the bottles and the diapers yes. and the prepping, I do think that gets easier. And that is a huge like I just remember coming home with dirty bottles at the end of a work day and a daycare day and a dirty kid demoralizing it's it's 5 45 6 o'clock and like you got to get everything ready to go so I do think that gets easier I think as kids get into toddler preschool childcare, there's a bunch that gets a lot easier about childcare. first of all the kids have more fun it feels like school which maybe reduces a little bit of the mom guilt if you're struggling with that your kid gets to go somewhere fun and there's fewer diapers and bottles to send so that I feel like if you've made it through the first year that load gets easier. The other thing I was going to say about full-time, both of you working full-time outside the home is now's a really good time to have some very frank and open conversations with your spouse about how everyone's feeling about the Mm. workload. And I don't have Mm -hmm. any, I don't know anything about how the two of you handle dividing work. I just know that culturally, historically, and statistically women tend to take on more, even when the job hours are equal. I'll just leave it at that. Um, And even with the most supportive, progressive husbands, there can be some misconceptions about who's doing what or how everyone's feeling about it. It's not even so much who's doing how, like, like how many hours of housework you're each doing. Sometimes it's the mental part of it of like, what's keeping you up at night versus what might be able to be offloaded to your spouse and take care. I've really offloaded some things to Brian in the last six months since I have been working more um, that I'm like, this needs to be your territory now. And it might be a simple house chore, but it might be more of like a administrative logistical thing in my head that I'm like, I really need this to be in your head and not mine. And I've, I've just said that. So that this is a good time. I think when early enough in your co-parenting to get on the same page with those things. Agreed. And I, I think, too, you know, and again, this is such a generalization, but moms, I think, tend to notice things that dads sometimes don't. Yes. <laughs> and so we notice things that aren't getting done. Yes. Often yes. more than anybody else in the family. So it bothers yes. us, but it's not bothering anyone else until we 
point it out and make it their problem too. I know that's like one of those things. It's like a generalization. It's not always true, but in my experience, it's been true enough that it's worth looking at. Well, it's the movie that I always quote, right? Which is the breakup yeah. with Jennifer Aniston and yeah. Bond when she says, I want you to want to do the dishes. Like and he's like, why would I, why would I want to do the dishes? Like right. why would I want to do the dishes? it is that, it is yes. that, that moment. Um, I, I was just nodding to everything you say because I, I really am that person who notices and is really critical of a lot of things I see around my house, but I don't necessarily do anything about them. And that is not healthy. And that's on me. Like I right. can either do something about them, decide to not worry about them or delegate. Like there's mm-hmm. things I can do and noticing and feeling beating myself up over things is really not healthy. And that takes its toll over time. The, another thing I would suggest too, is when it comes to housework and things that aren't getting done and you and I have both been advocates for like, just do less and feel good about it. Like just decide, decide that something no longer needs to be a thing that you do, whether it's folding pajamas or vacuuming every other day. Now you go to vacuuming every other week because no one's home during the day anyway, whatever it is. Um, But I would start with the things that make you feel most settled in your home space, because I know we all have things that we can let go and it doesn't bother us. And then we have other things that really bother us. So start with what will improve your mental state and maybe commit to doing those things and then see what else you can let go. I totally agree. And and one last, I guess, piece of advice that goes along mm-hmm. with this conversation, taking a really um, looking around and <sighs> taking stock, I guess, personally, and then with your spouse. Once you've done that, you may find that there are things that not only do neither one of you have time to do, but neither one of you want to make time for. And in that case, if you've got maybe some budget to think about getting help yeah. um, if that's a possibility, because that's something where I feel like the, the benefit is so much bigger than just yes. getting back three hours of your life or whatever yeah. that it's, it's beyond that. It's a yeah. relationship. Um, it's a relationship thing. It just takes mental load off how good it feels to come home to a clean house. Yeah. Like those things really are, are big. So if that's something that you can, uh, if that's something you can swing, I think it's worth it, especially in these really intensive times. Like I've had cleaning services off and on, and they've typically been around really intense times. And then yeah. and then I've let it go when I don't need it as much or when it doesn't fit in the budget. It's not like you're, you know, you're not like committing to it for the rest of your life, but it might help you kind of get back where you feel like you're a little yeah. bit ahead. And I think you kind of said this at the beginning, but I want to return to it, which is I, I sense in Karen's question a little bit of like, when will this go back to normal or back yeah. to the way it was before I had a baby? And the answer is it won't like, but I think that's okay. Right. Like yeah. I don't, I don't think any of us probably, I mean, we, we, we want to be the moms that we are and we want mm-hmm. to have the crazy busy houses that we have. And that's not to say you don't strive for systems that help you feel good about managing your life. But at the same time, I I don't think it's really super realistic to imagine a world where you'll sleep in on Saturday mornings and have the chores done by noon. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, you're in a new world. Yeah, you are. And what happens is you just get better at it. You get better at coping and you get better at not caring. Yes. You don't get better at running the house or running your life, really. I mean, there are efficiencies that get built in. And, you know, Karen asked about, um, like multitasking tips. And I really wrecked my brain thinking, how would I advise someone on how to multitask? And the answer is just do it enough and it becomes second nature. And I know that's kind of like, that's not really helpful, (laughs) but 
you know, those are the kinds of things like you might have a different style. You might be someone who can say, listen to a podcast while you're loading the dishwasher and get something out of the podcast. Or you might be somebody who really needs to focus when, when they're doing that. Like it's really personality based. And I think you just, it's like a language that you're learning by doing. And right now you're kind of in the thick of like the new and learning phase and it will become more like second nature. You will get better at juggling things, but you'll also get better at just letting stuff go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it does, it does get so much easier as kids get older. It really, really does. Like it's so hard. Well, and what you're doing right now is basically going through like basic training, like intensive, hard, and the effort that you're putting in now will set you up later when things do slow down to not only just feel like they're slowing down, but like to feel like it's almost like a break sometimes, you know? So yeah, it's, there are, there are many bright, bright futures ahead. Yes. That was, (laughs) um, that was a classic as we, as we often wrap up our listener questions, uh, hang in there. It gets better. Go easy on yourself. Yep. (laughs) Kind of. Yep. We say it every time, but it's true. Um, okay. Well, these are really fun. Thank you ladies for those great questions, Madison and Sarah and Karen. And for those of you who want to send in a question, please do. We're hello at the mom We love when we get to hear your voices, but if you'd rather email, just type it out. That works too. Um, and yeah, everybody stick with us to listen to Megan and Johnny and Clara talk about imaginary friends and we will be back with you next Tuesday. Megan, when you were a kid, Did you have an imaginary friend? I had many imaginary friends. I threw entire imaginary friend parties. I would have all of my imaginary friends line up at the door and then ring the doorbell and make my mom answer the door for my imaginary friends. She got sick of that pretty darn quick. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I I will say this. I mean, um, I wasn't sure uh, before I asked you this. I wasn't sure if you had imaginary friends or not because I... Don't remember having imaginary friends because uh, I hung out with my brothers. And you, oh. I know you have a lot of siblings. Um, I just hung out with my brothers. And those were the most of my activities involved doing stuff with them. And so I didn't my I guess I didn't create imaginary friends. Well, at one point, my imaginary friends helped me plot to, um, I don't know, Go get rid of my older brother <laughs> when he was not being nice to me. So they can be useful for that as well. But we've also got Clara, my daughter here. And uh Clara, I remember when you had imaginary friends. Do you remember them? Yeah. Do you still have imaginary friends? No. How no? long ago did you did you lose the imaginary friends? Uh, it got to the certain point when I was just like, you know what? They're all going to move out. <laughs> They're all going to move out? So they so, went somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> did you have an imaginary friend breakup? Did you like write them a letter and say... Did you tell not, them they had to go? It's no, not they you. Just, they just moved out. Oh, so they, they live somewhere else out. now? Yeah. Do you have any idea where they went? No, not really. Do you remember how many you had at any given point? I don't have any idea. I just remember I had one named like Queen Isabel or something like that. And then I had one named Seahorse. Seahorse? And was Seahorse a human or a a seahorse? It was a seahorse. Was it a half human, half seahorse or just straight up seahorse? It was a seahorse. Okay. Yeah. You were always more into animals. (laughs) I remember the game that used to always want to play with me was um, pretend I'm uh, like an animal rescue. Remember the animal shelter? I remember that. You would be like working on your bed. Yeah. And then you'd say, I'm pretend I'm a puppy, but I need, I need you to come adopt me. And then I have to pick <laughs> which puppy I wanted. And I'd always have to pretend like I saw other puppies <laughs> and then I'd pick Clara and then she would be, so you were always animal focused. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Now, your birthday was just the other day. Now, did you did you get any presents from your old imaginary friends? Did they like send you a letter and say, "Hey, uh, I know we broke up, but I still still thought you know I'd celebrate your birthday." I kind of wish that I did, but no, I, <laughs> they haven't been in touch. No, maybe maybe they're lost in the imaginary post office. Well, they probably found themselves a new imaginary. They probably found themselves a new girl to hang out with. So you can feel good about that. Your imaginary friends all went and found somebody else, I think. Or yeah. or they're living on their imaginary friend's friend's couch. Yeah, or they're <laughs> living in an imaginary cardboard box. Well, it's yeah, just got really dark. It could be. Well, well, we'd love to know. <laughs> Give us a call, 934-9830. We'd love to know if you or your kids uh, have ever had imaginary friends. We'd love to hear from you. 98.3 The Coast. So I'm here today with my daughter, Clara, who's nine. And we're talking about imaginary friends. Johnny had none. I find that very sad, I, I, uh, I don't... I will say this. I would have to ask my mom... She might remember. She might remember, but from what I remember from, like, age four on, I don't think that I had imaginary friends. I okay. may be wrong, but I don't think I did. So, Clara, I have some questions, some, some more specific questions about you, because you told okay. us that you had one named Queen Isabel. You didn't tell me what she was. Was she an animal? Or no. she a human? She, she was a human? She and was. then a seahorse? No, she was, like, a mutant. A mutant? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow, you had interesting imaginary <laughs> friends. So we're did you have, were, were any of your, was any of them your best friend? Your best imaginary friend? Uh, I, Seahorse was the only one with the name and also Queen Isabel, so. Okay. So the I, rest of them, just, <laughs> just like a bunch, just random collection yeah, of. They were just like extras. They were oh, extras. So they were like the person that's uh, never in this, in, never has a speaking part, but they're always there. In, this, in the movie like, of Clara's life, they were the extras. Yeah. If I, if I like lost one, I, they would have to like register and I would name them. Oh, oh wow. Really? wow. You really had a system. <laughs> you had an imaginary friend registration? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, why not? <laughs> do they have social security numbers too? Do they pay taxes? I didn't, I don't, I didn't know what that was at this time. <laughs> well, they so, have back taxes now. So this is, it sounds kind of recent. Like you have a really good memory of this. Was this long? How, how old do you think you were when they all moved out? I, I don't know. Like I, maybe Six. I think I was about five or six. Yeah. When they all moved out. So mm-hmm. prime time for you and your imaginary friend, Posse, which sounds like it was like a posse. Right. Yeah. It was like five, six years old, maybe. It was like your yeah. entourage. Yeah. Wow. So let me ask you this, and this is probably maybe, I'm not sure if you'll remember. Do you remember why you had imaginary friends? Um. Well, I think Ruby brought it up for me. And then. Okay. So Ruby, your cousin. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, that seems cool. So, and then, so then you did. Yeah. Yeah. And they just moved in. They just moved in. I love that you talk about them moving in and then moving out. Like, like there was a day. And being registered and all that. This is a pretty (laughs) intricate thing. They went in and they're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then they were like, yeah, I'm leaving. Oh, well, maybe they sense that you were getting older and you were becoming boring to them or something. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Do you still stay in contact with them? Because now you guys are making this sound so cool that now, even though I'm 30, I think it's time I have imaginary friends of my own. Is it too late for Johnny? Well, uh, do you want any imaginary friends? I don't know. I mean, I got a lot of free. I don't really yeah. have a lot of free time yeah. on my on my hands. But I mean, if you know, I'm just hanging out at work. Even I wouldn't mind having an imaginary friend in here because your mom leaves by the yeah. time the show's over. Yeah, he doesn't have anyone to hang out with. Oh, so that's sad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it is yeah, sad. Just, I have a very get sad an life. imaginary friend. Maybe they'll just move in. <laughs> they'll just move. If you want one, they'll just come. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that's how it worked. 
forgot. I didn't know that. So wow, <laughs> I I'm I'm excited. I might have an imaginary friend. So, but you uh, have to register them. So oh, do I have to register them through you or the imaginary friend registration? If you want an imaginary friend, you have to go through me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, once once I get one, I'll, so I'll be sure tough. to uh, put in the paperwork. Um, <laughs> give us a call, 934-9830. Do you ever have an imaginary friend? Uh, Megan, by the way, did you still have yours? I have not seen mine in a while. I guess they mm. moved out. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Are they registered? I did not. I didn't know that was a thing. They're illegal. <laughs> you, you better get with your daughter on this. 98.3 The Coast. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi, everyone. Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.